Hi everyone. I'm speaking today with Trupti Ranjan Padi. Uh, Trupti is Trupti is currently working as a legal process manager at Algo Legal. It's a law firm that you would have heard of mostly because it's one of the most forward-looking law firms in terms of innovating and implementing change. Um, so he's the person who does a lot of work for them behind the scenes. So I'm speaking with him today with the intention of trying to understand what makes a what makes a modern law firm a modern law firm. How are law firms the way we have operated for many years and decades in the past? Why is there a need to change? And what can law firms? Uh, what kind of things can law firm implement on an everyday basis? Whether whether long term, large scale, or small scale things. So I'm going to be diving into a lot of those things. So without further ado, hi, uh, hi, Truti. Hi, Namit. Uh, thank you for having me here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great as well. So, so Truti, we've we've first become friends, and this is you're one of the first people. Who I met offline, and over the last two yeah. years, we have, you know, we have been, we have yeah. really like connected and spoken about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. are, are there? Do you build relationships like that, first of all, or am I an exception? So I, I think it, it it is bit of exception. Um, uh, I I do build a lot of relationships, and I speak to a lot of people. Uh, but I, I kind of know uh, definitely, you know built a good rapper with you and and become so good friends uh, in these two years yeah and and our our conversations are always very topical because yeah. we have common interests around legal technology and yes. change and uh, yeah yeah so that's good okay so uh, Trupi, why don't we start by why don't we start by understanding a little bit about your background what you do where you're coming from Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you know, like I'm a lawyer by education, uh, but soon after my uh, law degree, I moved to uh, one LPO in uh, Hyderabad. And uh, that's where the journey started. And initially I was working as a document reviewer for, for that company. And, uh, you know, gradually I, I kind of, you know, uh, generated that interest in uh, legal technology and uh, luckily they had a department uh, within their organization called as legal technology group um, so might not be you know very common in other uh, lpo kind of setup so they have a dedicated uh, they had a dedicated team of you know around 35 or 40 members uh, comprising of lawyers non-lawyers um, engineers and uh, linguistic experts so there I, I the journey started and i saw a lot of you know uh, interesting things when i started working with the legal technology group because till that point of time i was reviewing documents i i knew because in lpos most of the work they do on technology uh, using technology so I was kind of you know, aware of uh, a lot of tools, but you know, uh, but while I I started working with the team, uh, I saw a lot of things happen in the background, and uh, 
how they actually concerned about the client uh, expenses, how they concerned about following a process and um, how they define the process and what kind of approaches they took uh, while defining the process. A group of experts uh, having uh, Lean Six Sigma back black belts or something like that. Those quality experts, they uh, suggest use few of their um, statistical methods, you know, just to ensure the process remains the best uh, in the industry. And that's that all those things, you no, know, although it's, uh, I mean, it sounds fancy, but um, while I, working with the team, I realized, uh, you know, the process is everything. And uh, when the process is really strong, uh, anything going in that channel, even if it is, uh, you know, something uh, not so good, not so great work product, the end product will be, you know, something great because you are following a particular process in terms of ensuring quality. You are following a process to ensure uh, delivery on time. You are following a process for the internal management. So the process is a process is everything. And that kind of, you know, uh, hit my head. And uh, I, I was quite fascinated about technology and uh, process. From there, I moved to um, one startup, uh, but you know, uh, it, it was not so great journey. But you know, then uh, I was speaking to people at um, Algo, and Algo was, uh, you know, it is um, they are forming Algo at that point of time. So maybe before Algo, uh, you know, the foundation days first of August. So before um, probably nineteen. Yeah, 2019, yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was speaking to them during the month of May or June, uh, probably May. And then I decided, like, um, definitely Indian law firms. I was aware of uh, how law firms function in India and uh, the number of paperwork they do and uh, the kind of technology awareness uh, among the you know, law firm um, ecosystem. And I, I was quite aware of that. And I thought, um, let's give it a try. And I, I had a conviction that um, it will be a great chance for me to, you know, showcase some some of the best uh, processes and uh, uh, technology infusion to uh, the Indian uh, legal delivery system. And also, you know, I, I strongly believe that uh, there will be a lot of chance to change, uh, you know, the way they function, the way they uh, deal with uh, problems, everything. So that's where I, I got my interest and uh, I joined Algo as uh, the legal process manager. And uh, of course, you know, it was a very, uh, you know, good decision for me for to join, um, you know, in a law, join a law firm. Uh, while I'm a law, I'm a lawyer, I never worked in a law firm or law firm kind of you no know, system, though I, I kind of you know, practiced a couple of months, uh, I, I, I never got a chance to, you know, work in a law firm. Uh, when I came to Algo, I, I saw a different vibe was there and uh, everybody was talking about um, change, how we can bring, how we can do things differently because, uh, you know, you know, the, I, I always think that, you know, at, at some point of time, 
the quality of delivery will be the same for across the industry. Law firm A, B, C, D would be delivering same quality work product. But what difference you are making as a law firm and you are standing out of uh, you, you are making yourself different from other law firms. So that's where I saw a lot of discussion were happening and uh, that kind, kind of you know, fascinated me. And uh, I, I, that's where I journey started and I'm still in Algo and my responsibilities here are more from the process designing part. Uh, also, you know, understanding uh, the processes, designing it, uh, maybe consulting uh, with the other other team members about and discussing the visualizing the workflow and understanding where we can make improvements or maybe uh, in, in the first step where we're deciding like this is the process for this particular task. Uh, let's let's not include step three because step step three doesn't have any value in this yeah. entire workflow. So because unless until you visualize, you cannot do that. So that's one part of my job. Another part is I work as bridge between the lawyers and the technology vendors because th this is one of the important role because that's where uh, uh, my that that's my forte and uh, I believe. Um, as a lawyer, it is um, definitely easier for me to understand the pain points of our lawyers. And uh, of course, I, I do understand lawyers uh, uh, do lack um, understanding technology mo most of the times. I help them translate in their words uh, the technology and it handhold them to understand how they should be using this technology to deliver their service. And you know, if you put lawyers and technology vendors in the same platform, that discussion might not be that fruitful because lawyers speak their language and technology guys speak their own language. So they don't overlap uh, those languages, uh, you know, don't overlap with each other. So I kind of know, uh, bring, uh, I kind of know, create a space with overlapping space for both of the teams so that uh, the communication should be seamless and uh, you know the implementation of technology should should not be you know uh, that that should not be disturbed by uh, the lack of communication per se mm -hmm. and another thing that mm -hmm. i drive within the algo is uh, uh, the the change management at algo so the change management of course is not uh, something we'll be using just technology but change management is something um, uh, we would be doing uh, things differently than uh, how we are doing previously so th that's where uh, my role is I, I bring new things to team and discuss with them uh, approach them at least to experiment and uh, because most of the times you, you it's not like you have decided to do it. It's not like, um, you know, the uh, conviction you have is something is going to be fruitful for the entire organization. You might have to experiment a few things sometimes. And uh, uh, that, that's where a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what do you say, like uh, demerits and merits of that entire uh, process can be felt. and. Uh, Accordingly, you can decide whether you are adopting it or discarding it and 
kind of you know experimenting another one yeah so basically that, that that's uh, that's something uh, you know kind of summarizes my role at algo uh, you know it's not like something uh, very much focused towards technology of course you know uh, the technology part is you know something you can say 50% of my job uh, be it your technology selection or uh, deciding uh, which technology will be subscribing for or at least helping our own um, technology developments so that's 50% another 50% is completely dedicated towards change management and th that process part hmm, i see okay so <clears throat> with respect to change yeah i what i i want to start by zooming out a little bit and then we'll go a little granular mm -hmm. Uh, five or ten years ago, we were not talking about these things in the law firm world. Yeah. Right. So when you were coming from your LPO background and you mentioned that you felt that there was a need to change and then you could add value in that environment, in the law firm world, we had already started talking about why there is a need to change. Mm -hmm. Or for example, why law firms need to be more tech driven, tech enabled at least have some kind of value added services on top of what they're providing. You mentioned how law firms can use this as a way to differentiate because after a while, uh, there is not that much of difference between the work product. So it's the service and other things that matter. Yeah. In the last five or 10 years, maybe now this is something which is more or less a mainstream conversation. What has changed about our world over time that now most lawyers or many law firm owners, at least, are more oriented towards implementing change. Why is our world today different? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this um, this is a digital world we have to understand, and um, of course, uh, the way we are doing things um, 10, 15 years back is not the same uh, how we are doing at the moment, and the reason is. Um, change is inevitable and uh, you have to you know accept that um, uh, that theory that we have to you know uh, really adopt something different to differentiate ourselves as i mentioned earlier there are five different law firms and uh, your client is seeking um, some sort of advisory on certain things it's highly possible that five of them will be delivering the same kind of work or at least you know, their work product will be similar. But where exactly what what will amaze the client here? The client will not be amazed with, uh, you know, the same work product from five different law firms. If you are among them, uh, probably not. This client will have the same feeling like, okay, I, I got my work product. I will get the invoice. I'll pay the bill. <laughs> Let's close the deal. So, <clears throat> so. I mean, that, that's not where we are building relationship with the client. The client relationship building is pretty much difficult at this point of time because one factor is definitely the digitalization of the entire world. And uh, most of the startups and industries are now driven by millennials and uh, who are, of course, you know, well versed and well acquainted with the technologies. So that's where a lot of you know things uh, you can say it's a, it's a client demand at this point of time that 
uh, that's forcing the law firms, at least lawyers, to think differently and uh, adopt to changes. So how, where exactly uh, the client demands are per se? Clients definitely want transparency with their billing. So, you know, uh, maybe I'm an organization who, who, who was, I'm kind of a retainer client of, let's, let's say, law firm A. Law firm A has been charging me a certain amount from last 10, 15 years. Now, it's a different management uh, in my organization. My organization is having a legal operation manager who is looking into legal expenses. Mm. Now that person will definitely look into what exactly this firm is charging for. Even if, we're, if we are not uh, getting the value that we are paying for. Because it's obvious that um, clients would, uh, because legal expenses are high in any world, be it Western or Indian or Asia Pacific, wherever you'll go, lawyers fee are one of the highest um, in the world so definitely that that concern from the for the clients they should understand they should have the transparency in order to understand what the lawyer is charging them for so that's a basic question and here if you're not providing that transparency to the client definitely the client because there are many law firms you're not the only one and uh, definitely the that 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 client will not stay with you unless you are transparent to them in terms of billing second you know accessibility of the uh, you know service so for example earlier it is mostly you know someone is calling you or you are on a video call or uh, or, or on a conference call with the client or client is seeking some information you are providing client the information but right now uh, it is more because I, I do speak to a couple of people um, from the GC side uh, and I understand uh, a lot of them complaining about um, you know not knowing the daily status or weekly status of their uh, work within the law firms Although law firms do provide uh, some sort of status uh, update to the clients, but they, they, they don't want some sort of emails or, uh, you know, uh, going into a report to, you know, verify what has been done or th that's kind of an old practice where client is more looking uh, forward to having their own login maybe to a kind of an intranet of the law firm just to see what has been done in their free time, or maybe they'll be looking into something something like a mobile app. They'll just open the app and they'll see what the progress has so far, and they'll just uh, you know rest in uh, you know in a cool mode that oh things are happening. I, I believe they'll achieve the target or, or the deadline. So this this is the level of you know expectation from the clients, and um, definitely you know. You know, to be very honest, most of the law firms are not at par with the expectations of the client in that regard. But definitely a couple of law firms are trying hard and trying their best to, you know, bring back uh, more contemporary uh, client collaborations in place so that client and lawyers can work together and they can see uh, the progress of the work, um, 
you know in a very lucid manner so that it is more transparent to the client client will be rest rest assured that the work will be completed before the deadline and uh, i can go, go for, because most of the commercial um, engagements uh, have certain deadline because the client is also looking in uh, looking forward to engage with some other uh, entity in order to you know sustain the business or maybe uh, make an increment in his business whatever the reason may be the client would be more interested in that and definitely they will not be you know uh, they'll not definitely they'll definitely not appreciate that uh, that engagement delayed because of uh, late delivery but it often happens like um, in order to meet the deadline lawyers are very professional and they they do whatever they can do just to meet the deadline and in order to do that um, lawyers often spend day night to you know uh, make the client work happen you know and and they deliver the work in in time but let, let's think uh, from a sustainability point of view is that something uh, you know that work culture is something sustainable in a real world no because the lawyers might be spending you know uh, extra 10 15 hours uh, and uh, uh, completing the work a uh, little early or maybe in time but working 14 15 hours a day is not something nobody will like that and uh, in a long term people will not do that earlier people were doing it because there were no option and i think in this digital world um, at least we we are will say we are the privileged generation uh, who who have the accessibility accessibility of technology and at least um, people are working towards processes defining processes refining processes redesigning it and making it in a full proofs uh, which can be followed by the team and uh, of course integrating technology in that entire workflow so that work will be much easier for the lawyers and they can deliver the work product in time simultaneously client is happy and the lawyers are also happy as they'll, they they're not kind of you no know, draining out themselves to deliver the work product and i think it's the demand although you know most of the experts um, suggest that uh, the change is uh, from the client side most of the time but yeah i believe it is twofold even the lawyers are also you know at least the new generation lawyers are driving change a lot and they're appreciating uh, the help of technology and they they're kind of you no know, really humble uh, in terms of when they they were given a task to perform uh, using some sort of technology that kind of you know uh, make their life much easier than before right so the the business case of process management in a law firm mm -hmm. is basically that beyond it's basically a competitive strategy right it's a way to um, yes. because after a while like you said if work product is more or less being measured on the same scale and clients who are coming with some frustration they are basically choosing between alternatives so yes. at that point when you, your utilization is at the maximum where you need to look 
towards is the is improvement in the service because a lot of clients pain points are coming from the service not the work product yes so yes. so um <clears throat> and and you can't always compensate for that by working longer hours or delivering a better work product so it has a certain ceiling limit yes. and in in the client market there there is a lot of frustration and all that needs to be done is to map that because they may they will negotiate and they will bargain when there are five law firms delivering mediocre services but the way to charge what you want to charge for example would come with some kind of value addition in the service right yes yes hmm. and, and also the, just yeah. to add one more thing here um you know let, let's say for our lawyers also i, I was discussing um, about uh, it can be helpful for lawyers also to you know deliver service in a better way not just um, in time but technology also ensures the quality of the work product that um, we should not forget about because that's 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 also uh, a very important point to look at technology because we are humans we are um, we we are prone to you know uh, human centric errors and uh, when you are using technology definitely you know you would have a chance to you know minimize human errors so uh, at that point, because although you know technology um, power, power is some say that it's limitless but uh, you know actual usage perspective uh, there are limitations but where there is a limitation that definitely the lawyers play the important role in terms of deciding this not this but the technology give me a, give me a couple of examples of how technology in day to day work mm -hmm. can end up improving the quality of so work. just take an example for, for example proofreading you, when you are preparing a document uh, and there is a funny side of it okay so as a lawyer um, just think um, uh, a sentence uh, in a word is sentence um, uh, often uh, your your punctuations uh, change the meaning of an agreement mm. <laughs> right so uh, you know and, and also if you are you have not defined anything in a document and uh, later you discussed about uh, certain um, maybe something which should have been defined in the entire in the de definition clause you didn't define it earlier and um, you went ahead with some sort of uh, dispute you uh, although you are um, uh, let's say there is a work says, uh, mentioned as contingency and you didn't, def didn't define contingency and uh, the entire case is based on this particular word contingency and although you know the opposite party was um, under the obligation to uh, you know uh, do certain things in that contingency the person is not doing because you didn't define it well in the document so right now there are assist softwares and uh, others you know systems available you can easily you know look for these kind of you know, errors human errors and uh, you can um, 
kind of easily remove those errors before delivering the warper and can definitely save your client a lot. And um, while we lawyers love um, doing proofreading on paper, uh, I definitely see um, there are a huge uh, technological uh, movement um, in terms of bringing uh, proofreading softwares into the, you know, law firms where you know while the lawyer will be ensuring uh, maybe the associate or senior associate will be reviewing the documents uh, at the first place can ensure that there is no uh, proofreading kind of mistake uh, just to ensure the quality of the work product is really great or for example when we were talking about last time when when we were speaking then mm -hmm. we were talking about how com compliance management uh, tools in and say an investment transaction yeah. where you have the same process there are conditions subsequent and there is a yeah. particular way of closing that transaction it yeah. just becomes more and more predictable across transactions yeah. and for a law firm that becomes a more efficient and predictable process yeah and for the client it becomes a more a better service yeah definitely i, I mean I, I was speaking about uh, this compliance thing earlier also with you and I see these things are definitely, you know, value-added service for the client. So how maybe a compliance system that can actually list down all your uh, conditions subsequent uh, at one place. And uh, let's say your client is a venture capital firm or, a, you know, investment, maybe investment fund, fund if you can just uh, generalize that word. So they might be, in, you know, investing um, in a couple of entities, and uh, and number of documents would be uh, are getting signed between the entities, the portfolios, and the investing fund. So now, if you kind of know collate uh, all the documents in one place, there would be different a lot of conditions subsequently listed for for the portfolios, right? So it's definitely, you know, if you have a system in place, you are listing down the condition subsequent in one place for, 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 the, for your client, just to ensure that the portfolios are in, ensuring the condition subsequent in time. It is much, much easier for them. They don't have to follow up with them uh, through emails because the system will ensure that, you know, uh, sending auto reminders in time and escalating in time so it's it's a much much easier uh, way of dealing with things uh, that we are dealing manually earlier or for or for instance uh, having a culture of interactive dashboards across yes across tools so even yes. the client portal and the app that you mentioned it's yeah. a dashboard in a way because yeah. the amount of time that it takes for you to send an update to your client let's say by email right there are certain processes that we need to manage there is delay inherent in that process if right. we have a dashboard and the client has a certain view and you have a certain view all you need to do really to push out all of those changes and them being reflected on the client side already placed in a certain context right that that should be able to allay clients frustrations you know how they find it so difficult to uh deal with law firms right that should and, be able to make them a little, yeah. 
and, and and from a visualization perspective since you discussed about uh, dashboard um just um, just think about uh, the senior management of the fund uh, who are just interested to learn the percentage of uh, you know uh, compliance has happened uh, uh, subsequent condition subsequent uh, done uh, i mean close for this uh, <clears throat> for this transaction so it, it the dashboard is much easier way for them to look into the status rather than you know sending in an excel report or uh, uh, i find excel reports are definitely you know not something in today's management um, world is looking for because it is quite um, uh, because these things are time sen sensitive uh, definitely and uh, if you are going to review an excel uh, dashboard that's definitely gonna take a lot of time to prepare first and the se second thing is the review but this kind of a system which ensures that um, let's say you have um, listed down 20 conditions subsequent out of that 10 has been completed uh, maybe twin, uh, five are overdue and uh, maybe five are in progress that kind of knows visualization uh, definitely is, is definitely going to help a lot to the senior management at least yeah T tell me if you agree with me but there is a strong business case here to let's say you're a law firm who has who has a lot of such processes and tools in place mm -hmm. and um, you have a case for charging higher mm -hmm. without really being uh, receiving pushback or you being able to satisfy them a little bit more easily because when you're a law firm like that you're looking at the entire transaction as if it's the job that needs to be done for you is different for different for you and the job to be done for a for a normal law firm which doesn't have these processes is different because they think okay my job is done here but what you're doing is you're you're going ahead and you're looking at the whole transaction and you're seeing what are the different things that the client will need to do in-house because of which they already have legal spend in-house yeah so bringing a firm like yours will ends up being an incentive for the client to because they have their own in-house legal costs rising because they have to deploy people to manage the law firms which are not trained enough right. to try and understand exactly what the job is to be done, what the job is. So right. it's, is that a correct understanding? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you know that, that's a correct understanding. And at least uh, if it is not India, I have seen, um, you know, uh, the Western counterparts, uh, you know, for example, big banks or any uh, other organization you say they they have a dedicated team um if you not i'm not sure if you're aware of that or not uh, there is a separate team that does a bill review uh, and that's a legal bill review uh, you know kind of job and uh, the, the entire objective of that uh, process is to ensure that uh, they have they have not been charged uh, uh, you know, unnecessarily by the law firm or the legal service provider. And this concept, although in a bit new to the Indian system, but I think uh, although they don't rely on such a team to do the bill review, but 
this your uh, understanding is absolutely correct i mean this is in place and uh, clients are definitely you know taking uh, you know necessary steps towards that mm. and uh, of course you know as a law firm you you have to ensure that whatever you, you are charging to the client see this might be possible like uh, you you say that these are band one law firms this is a band two band three it's a different concept altogether because when the client is uh, providing some work or client is you know sending you some assignment the only thing that he is looking forward to is the work mm-hmm. and once the work is done the client will be concerned about the invoice that will be uh, he'll be receiving from the law firms now if he's seeing um you know uh, some ex law firm is a band one law firm is charging uh, you know $8000 maybe and uh, you being a boutique firm or a um, small law firm uh, you are charging just 4000 or 5000 maybe the client sees uh, yeah okay there is a difference of the uh, you know the invoice but what difference with the service mm-hmm. okay uh those clients were able to deliver those um, law firms the banwell law firm was able to deliver it on time these guys are also able to deliver it on time okay now it's, it's, he's seeing just the invoices difference but when you make difference with this kind of tools that we discussed earlier definitely the client is going to you know see no definitely this is a different place to work with and um as i mentioned earlier like most of the cases it would be a bit of uh, value added service just to ensure that your service is different than others but see in in, in a large scale scale operation where uh, you will be having significant time invested for a particular thing particular value added thing for the client even if the client is paying for that and client seeing a lot of value Uh, and they are saving a lot of money from their internal engagement perspective they will not mind you know spending some extra dollars uh, just to get that uh, you know additional service it's for sure mm. in let's let's imagine a small to medium size law firm mm-hmm. um from the most basic to advanced what do you think a law firm's technology stack today should look like i i think um, law firms uh, at least the medium scale law firms at least they should have the basic technologies in place and uh, those who are bit you know uh, kind of no uh, uh, i'll not use the word far sighted but um, it, it is some, something uh, if you are uh, looking forward to bring the difference uh, of your service and you're going to if you're looking forward to amaze your client with your service then it's it should be you know something um, maybe i a lot um, uh, say it is advanced but near to advanced level of technology stack you should have in your form at least in a couple of areas where you are um, directly collaborating with the clients and okay, so let's delve into those a little bit yeah well, f- for example um, 
uh, a due diligence transaction in a transaction due diligence for uh, uh, to be uh, you know that is a good example to look at it so uh, he, here um, maybe the portfolio company will be uploading hundreds or maybe near to thousand documents for a transaction and uh, if you are using a system like um, dropbox or google drive or onedrive or sharepoint that's a huge pain point for the lawyers in terms of uh, you know uh, you know you know completing that service on time and it's also a pain point for the client because the portfolio company you know went ahead with uploading all the documents into dropbox who 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 is going to take the responsibility of segregating the documents uploaded in dropbox in you know you know uh in, in proper folders or maybe you can say like um in a proper structure that structuring is a huge pain point but um let's say you you have a uh, system in place which kind of you know binds the uh you know portfolio company or uh, maybe the other collaborating entity third party to you know upload documents in a proper uh, folder uh, and that 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 is not authorizing him to upload those documents in some other folder that structuring thing you are completely saving that part right because that's a huge exercise and um, you are not spending any time structuring your information received from the client then the second thing is what it ensures that um, since I, i was discussing about due diligence definitely the investing entity will be interested to know the status of your uh, due diligence exercise right so now since you have uh, a system in place you have proper folder structures in place and uh, you can easily provide status update based on the documents uploaded and the, the review status upload uh, status of the uploaded documents easily right maybe one dashboard which kind of summarizes the investing entity let's say 700 documents has been uploaded out of that um, maybe 300 documents uh, uh, have been reviewed by the law firm and 400 documents are pending and uh, there are five folders empty and uh, maybe the portfolio company is going to upload documents uh, in future so th that's a good way of looking in into it and uh, at least the investing company having the understanding of the amount of effort will go into that entire exercise in before and at least they can uh, easily decide that um, you know it will be completed uh, in a certain time or they can easily predict that so that that was not no, no, that is definitely not a case where you are just uploading all 700 documents into dropbox and it is quite painful for people to you know uh structure it and uh, download it subsequently to review it review entire 700 documents and uh, that that structuring thing definitely you know is going to play a great role uh, if you have a system in place It's definitely great saving for 
for the investing entity although i mean uh, the the in investing company or investing entity will have to take a little more effort to you know ensure uh, the correct um, uh, you know folder structure or uh, maybe that person will have to ensure that uh, documents have been uploaded in a proper place but there is a lot of benefit uh, out of that small uh, you know exercise and of course one thing that uh, the technology providers and law firms or investing company have to ensure here is uh, to make the system little more simple and maybe the simplest in terms of it should be something like you you're not going to provide any training to the uh, entity portfolio company to you know uh, upload the documents it should be much easier for them just just by seeing the tool they should be understanding okay this is the area that i have to upload some documents they'll just go ahead with uploading the appropriate documents and overall in the deal making process mm -hmm. relationships are also important how they're being preserved yes. in the process because for example let's say if two parties are talking in a microsoft word document and there are yeah. there are some red lines etc and there's some comment which is not like specific enough at all yes like they say okay we we are not okay with this but that's all and they don't provide that the experience that the other party has is it's never positive it's almost always and that starts to show when the transaction is going through and having a system like this probably you know like if one party for example investee does take enough care and is thoughtful enough to organize all of these things yeah. so that the things are already organized for yes. the investor uh, investing company all of these things i think they they do and which which again becomes the investee company if the investee company's law firm is the one which helps them look good in yeah. that transaction that that improves the loyalty and that improves the lifetime value yes. for the and, law and i mean to be very honest in this case maybe um, in the beginning it will look little um, uh, you know overburden kind of no thing for the like investing company forcing a process yeah but then uh, definitely once they start doing it no i mean they will be blown away with the entire thing they'll just think no i mean this is a better way to do it uh, because because in a moment also the, the investing company is definitely also interested to get the funding at the earliest right so just yeah. one small exercise will ensure you know the quickest uh, kind of you no know, due diligence possible uh, without you know without any sort of uh, uh, artificial intelligence system okay yeah yeah i agree in terms of in terms of the stack let's say what's absolutely i'll just go back to that question um in terms of the stack what are things which are absolutely essential for for a law firm today in today's day and age do they need a like a practice management solution and then do they need other aspects that's one question second with respect to how all of these tools work inside a law firm how is currently the interoperability between them in the sense that for example are they modular can they talk to each other uh can data get transferred from one to the other 
what is the current state and are there any pain points for the law firm so two questions there i want to understand what what are the absolute basic essentials in the in a tech stack in the law firm mm-hmm. and once you build a certain tech stack of a, of a of a reasonable extent that there are different use cases that are being catered to how do these two uh, tools work between and among themselves yeah definitely you know uh, from the let's first discuss about uh, the basic uh, tech stacks um you know in a law firm uh, I, i know for sure like um you know all of the law firms definitely they use either um, most of them use definitely uh, office 365 and um, you know uh, and uh, others use um, g suite google suite but uh, while uh, these are basic technology required to deliver a service i'll not consider uh, this this is you know basic technologies but the reason why i mentioned about office 365 is uh the way office 365 is um, used by people is mostly maybe um, just for just the email communications <laughs> or maybe uh, the sharepoint and onedrive to store information okay mm. no, no nothing nothing more than that uh, but for for a smaller organization uh, who who is not ready to you know uh you know subscribe for high end technologies but want to you know uh, manage things with uh, the available setup technologies they can definitely uh, you know explore other you know other kind of you no know, facilities or other kind of features or other tools available within microsoft uh, office 365 <clears throat> this is just an example that i'm giving uh, not for say might might not be you know very helpful for uh, other organizations uh, but for, as a legal innovation and technology uh, professional i always believe uh, uh, you should not be thinking about subscribing any technology unless you have completely or fully utilized your available uh, technologies within the organization if you have not used it fully or if not explored it completely uh, it is definitely advisable that don't go with any subscription explore um, the available um, technologies within your firm and uh, for example little um, little while back i was discussing about the proof reading system maybe the proof reading majority part of proof reading can be done in word itself you don't have to you know subscribe for a proof reading system to do that and for example we have um, microsoft planner microsoft planner My, you can use microsoft planner for your matter management you you create your own uh, you know matters there in planner and define <clears throat> the things that you will be doing there and list down things what to be assigned to people and assign things to others now you can connect that to your team you can connect that to you know your other uh, internal communication modes you can uh, connect that with your uh, storage platforms so 
it is you don't you're not going with some sort of integrated system uh, you're not going to subscribe for any integrated system but the available systems can be integrated together they can be stitched together to you know deliver a service in a better way maybe you are a partner in an organization and uh, <clears throat> you might be you know running a large scale investment and uh, which involves at least uh, at least 20 lawyers working under you for that investment and it is really really difficult for the partner to you know uh, go back and uh, check with each and everyone the state uh, about the status and definitely you know teams and uh, you know emails are not a good way to look at the status of each task okay because <clears throat> maybe if you, you know others many organizations or at least lawyers do prefer to go with the kind of you know group id or maybe an internal discussion uh, in the morning or evening just kind of you no know, status update discussion but just just think uh, from 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 a partner's perspective the partner is one of the most uh, eligible person in that uh, group who is spending half of his time half of her time just to manage the uh, project or at least if the partner is not doing it somebody at least some maybe a principal associate or senior associate in investing some sort of operational um, investing his, his or her time in some sort of operational stuff what kind of loss that is for the entire organization when mm -hmm. you have systems like planner in place this is basic system you don't have to you know really uh, do a lot of stuffs there it is a well-designed dashboard and uh, you can actually create matters and uh, just see how many things has been done for that matter and what is pending, who the person uh, pending with most of the tasks. You can easily determine out of that. It's much easier way to you know, do a project management. It's not exactly a project management system, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, you have to explore your available systems to the best possible way. And um, sometimes, you know, it, it is like uh, uh, technologies are developed uh, or the technologies uh, vendors, they develop the tool to cater some sort of use case. But you have the liberty to build your own use case. You can definitely, you know, if you are a person who can explore things, you can build your own use case and uh, you can use the system in the best possible manner. Mm, I see what you're saying. There's, hmm. in a way, I think you've not you've not answered the question, and the reason you've not answered that question is because before we even go to why a law firm needs to build a tech stack, yes, the right place to start is by seeing what processes am I solving for, what is the X that I'm solving for, right? Yes. In a certain case, and once you map out those processes, is when later on you start to choose what kind of what kind of tool do I need to deploy there. And that decision is not happening altogether, that you're developing it all at once. For right. for instance, for me, when I am choosing a certain, and that's the reason I asked the, um, the integrations between the different software, that for example, when I'm working, I, I don't have a law practice, but whichever work I'm ever going to do for the rest of my life, I'm going to need one software, which is my base. Like it's the home. When I come in, I need a certain agenda there. Yeah. And it's picking up things from different tools 
and then i probably need like there are two sections there what are the calls i need to make what are the emails i need to make is there anything that i need to create during the day it's it's a little different in my case i i don't know if lawyers are able to relate to that but it's the same fundamental it's the same premise and in that particular software i bring everything from wherever else whatever other use cases i'm using and i put that in the context of my daily agenda because when i come into work that's what i want to think about so i think the problem that i'm really trying to solve there is i don't want to spend time in 10 different apps i want to mm-hmm. spend m- most of my time 5 or 6 hours a day in a single app i want to write there i want to manage there i want to do document man- management there and i want to install widgets there and only then like then i start to see which different tools are now compatible with this one so it forms a decision making process for me that if that doesn't happen with if i can't bring those if they can't talk if there is no api then i can't work with this tool so that completely like goes out the window for me in the law firm world because i don't know the software as much in that detail is that a problem that lawyers face of going in switching in between different apps and how does how does that work so it is definitely you know in the most of the uh, cases it is uh, you know multiple um, systems not integrated uh, <clears throat> while uh, multiple systems not integrated but um, i'll just uh, put my step back and uh, uh, you know discuss one more thing to with you so that uh, you'll be having a little more clarity on on the requirement side from a from the perspective of a law firm you as a business uh you know in and out of your delivery process you have a certain process in place this is step 1 step 2 step 3 step 4 step 5 step 6 now when you receive some work your first um job is uh, in a scoping the work doing an estimate of that work and of course when you are estimating the work and uh, you can easily plan the deliverables um, or maybe you can divide the bulk work into smaller chunks and you can plan it i'll do this on monday do this part on tuesday i'll do this on wednesday on thursday i'll have i'll have to collate this entire of three days work and i'll discuss this with client and post client's feedback on friday i'll finalize the doc- document and i'll share it with the client okay so but in in a real law firm world um, you know I, i'm not sure about uh, most of the law firms but there are a couple of law firms who actually do this um this kind of scoping and uh, planning of things but uh, to be very honest i i i speak to a other a lot of lawyers in the industry and uh, majority of them uh, have the same opinion that uh, they do not plan things like this for example i got um, some advisory work i do not go ahead with at least planning how much time i have to spend for the legal research or uh, how much time i have to spend for the drafting how much time at least i have to spend for uh 
you know for for my review and uh, subsequent finalization or maybe negotiation of a couple of things uh, with the parties involved in that entire advisory thing so this is important because since you are discussing about uh, a practice management system which kind of you no know, uh, integrates all your technologies in one place you'll just morning you'll come and open your laptop you log into your internet kind of you no know, uh interface and you do everything on the system and you go back in a law firm uh, kind of you no know, service delivery it's it is a bit difficult because um your work is not uh, the same in each case but it is definitely not impossible how to make it possible is you have to have your processes defined for each of your work area you should understand your workflow and uh, that process define defining that process and uh, making an workflow making workflow is not an easy task at all because once you define it uh, you might have to redesign it a couple of times to you know make the process little mature enough to you know consider to onboard on a tool now that that's the first step and second step you'll be looking into okay now i know this is my workflow and i'll see maybe 10 steps are involved in that workflow in that service delivery process you are realizing step 1 3 4 5 7 8 9 10 can involve some technology in place in order in order to bring uh, more efficiency or uh, you know make it much easier for for all the parties now you you have the time to consider uh, a practice management system or you can um, go ahead with uh, having your own system or maybe you can using the api or um, you know other technologies you can uh, you know integrate your system so so that the technology the systems can speak to each other and you really don't have to you know uh, you know spend a lot of uh, you don't have to put a lot of manual effort in order to you know put you know tr transfer information from system a to system b from system b to system c so that's where it will be integrated but the very basic step that you have to uh, do is you should have a mature uh process flow in place and of course you you are uh, you as a as an organization should be approaching work differently and that difference would come when uh, you plan it you uh, uh, scope the project you uh, estimate the time the estimate the effort everything so that's where you will have the visibility whether you'll be onboarding in uh an integrated system or not while i have looked into a couple of um, <clears throat> practice management systems i i know practice management systems are for sure uh, will bring a lot of value to organization uh, at least uh, the small organizations who who don't want to spend a lot on operational uh, activity or they don't want to spend a lot having a person to handle uh, having a person or to to handle their operational stuffs so for them it is definitely you know recommended thing but 
while I have looked into a lot of uh, practice management systems, I feel practice management systems are somewhere not, you know, accommodating all the requirements of the lawyers. While practice management systems per se uh, are going to, uh, you know, uh, replace your uh, operational work, but the legal delivery, legal service delivery definitely re would require other tools to, uh, you know, work upon. Because, for example, uh, let, let, let's say due diligence. We are discussing about due diligence. I, I, I don't know, like, I'm not sure uh, for my research or at least um, for my experience, I, I don't know any system that can facilitate uh, a due diligence process. So maybe the practice management is going to help with help you with uh, uh, document collaboration or maybe your timesheet management, your uh, maybe document automation or workflow building. But at some point of time, uh, you will be you know migrating to a different system to ensure uh, speedy delivery of your work. Okay, that's that's what I'm going into. I think you have captured the meat of what I was trying to say uh, mm -hmm. quite well. So let me take a few uh, like examples. Okay, let's say in your law firm, your task management, project management tool mm -hmm. is a specific tool. Yeah. And across different practice areas, across different kinds of matters and across different kinds of teams, uh, the law firm's philosophy is that we, are, we have chosen this one project management tool after a lot of deliberation. And now we are going to try and make sure that all the tasks and projects remain here, matters remain here in this project management role. Then comes in, now obviously the, the technology makers, the software vendors, the the use case that they're trying to solve there is not due diligence it's not compliance management right. it's matter management right so at that point you need to bring in a due diligence tool and you probably may have another thesis for how your documents are going to be organized what are the different conventions and right. for that for example let's say you're using a different tool right the the cycle of do i go from this tool to do i go to that tool is it's first, it cannot be broken. And second, it's very expensive to even try and break that cycle because migrating from one tool to the other yes. gets difficult. So the kind of system that I am trying to imagine, for example, if you have heard of this tool called Dubsado, uh, a lot of, lot of lawyers, law firms also use it, small law firms, more like from my understanding. It's, it's similar to the client portal that you were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. But though, but there's one feature in Dubsado which makes it extremely powerful, and that's workflow automation. So exactly mapping out after you've scoped, after you've created all of the processes, after you've assigned time estimates, and who's responsible for doing what kind of job, mm -hmm. then the task management feature of Dubsado is not the best. So a law firm which is using, for example, a very basic software, like say ClickUp, it's not for law firms, it's general. Mm -hmm. All of those come and get translated in the form of tasks in ClickUp so that you don't now have to work on Dubsado only for a couple of clients because process-wise, that's an expensive affair to migrate to that kind of tool. So right. I think what I was trying to explore was that I am able to do this now because both, both ClickUp and Dubsado have automation capabilities. Mm -hmm. 
So they're able to speak to each other and immediately when the client does something on the other side, internally I have my own system and it starts reflecting there. So that way it kind of ends the problem permanently of me migrating to different software because the, with the kind of rapid product development that we are seeing, you know, like in the tools that we're using every day, okay. you might end up thinking six months later that no, they have released this particular set of features. And now I want to go back to that one because that's right. So we, we need a way to be able to end that cycle. Yeah, definitely. You know, one particular thing is um, this practice management systems or case management systems per se, uh, that they're definitely going to help the lawyers um, with their uh, operational efforts. But think about um, a lawyer is definitely, you know, lawyers will appreciate uh, a practice management system when it is in place because they'll realize, oh, I don't have to, you know, uh, go back to a time management system to fill my timesheets or maybe I don't have, go, have to go back to uh, a different other system to, you know, create uh, the documents because your document automation is there in your practice management system. Your, um, you know, for the management side is also the matter management, task management, project management, everything is pretty simple and uh, lucid. Uh, but at one point when you will be, you know, um, going into other systems, for example, due diligence, as I mentioned, because that's, that's definitely not the use case for, for a practice management system vendor. And uh, let's say the contract review, uh, you know, the contract review is also this is a very good area to look at because uh, senior associates or maybe partners spend a lot of time to review the documents and uh, you want to reduce that effort or maybe you you want to help them with some technology so that they can do it much in an easier way than before you 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 are getting a um, document or you know review you know maybe contract review system in place but one uh, basic problem that i have seen uh, while you know demoing uh, a lot of tools and uh, interacting with a lot of technology vendors while uh, technology will have the ability to you know integrate um, most of the systems are not ready or not open for for that kind of an integration and also having uh, a you know practice management system in place you should be also understanding if you are building a workflow within that system and you are integrating any system maybe in your workflow step three would require uh, contract review the contract review system would be you know integrating in a very beautifully and uh, smooth manner so that the person who is in uh, your practice management system should not have any sort of difficulty you know uh, doing that review thing on on the practice management system itself rather you know moving or migrating some information to practice management practice from practice management to contract review and then migrating back to practice management this practice would you know that that will definitely cause damage to your entire effort of you know streamlining the process <clears throat> so i don't think currently there are systems that are accommodating because law firms would have definitely have these requirements you um, 
because it's, it's not other kind of a business we we definitely require um maybe while i was discussing about proofreading can the proofreading system be integrated in your uh, practice management system and uh, most of the times also is when you are you, you are subscribing technology completely from outside uh maybe two different uh, technology vendor will have com conflict and um, because these things are not under your control to handle but definitely a good way of you know dealing with this problem is if uh, the way i mentioned like if you are sure about your process flow if your process flow is mature and you do things in a planned way i think law firms at least should invest a uh, little money that's that's that'll be kind of a one time investment but it is a good way of uh, you know integrating things together by developing their own platform and 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 of course even if you are uh, you know subscribing for any practice management system that practice management system is not going to uh, do things in your way you might have to you know migrate to a different process that you have been following so far just to accommodate that okay if i have to follow this practice management system i have to do this thing in this particular manner and uh, in a law firm kind of a system frequent change of these things uh, are are not really good because it's not your just your lawyers you are also dealing with multiple clients at the same time so we have to be very careful while we select technology or we migrate to technologies integration is definitely in a, in a kind of an area we should focus and we should invest our efforts and money but it should not hamper we should do it in such a uh, you know smooth manner that it should not affect our existing process or it should not affect our client relationships that that's the most important thing we have to take keep in mind while we are dealing with this uh chutti we have spoken a few times just now and before that also about the need to bring visual thinking mm -hmm. the need for us to be able to map visually diagrammatically uh the the processes whether they are non service related or or service related what why why do you think that's important yeah i mean uh, not just a lawyer uh you, you you may think from from a layman perspective if i'm a layman and i'm coming to you as a lawyer to deliver some service and um, <laughs> it happens like most of the lawyers have the habit of you know putting things you know the the legal language is uh, quite not appealing to lem any layman so i'll not be understanding what you have written and uh, if i'm not understanding how i would be sure from the back of my mind that i have entered um, right kind of no uh, uh, terms with the other party and uh, that that's one side of uh, you know looking into visualization but in a visualization is a law in a law firm or uh, in a legal ecosystem can be you know segregated into two parts one is your process visualization your 
that's for your operational efficiency okay we, we have discussed that earlier also you you are designing or defining your steps associated with delivering your service you are you know you are designing each step of your delivery service delivery and you are and and the power of that visualization is once you design that no you will realize there are a lot of improvements can happen unless you visualize a certain thing and uh, maybe one executive report when you look at uh, someone prepared a report for you when you look all the data in pie charts or graphs from your back of the mind the first question will come to you is um, is this kind of a sufficing uh, the questions i have if i have question uh, i have five questions my, all my five questions are getting answered here if not maybe the visualization would i would require to ask the person to design it in a certain way that all my five questions would be answered in this particular visualization similarly in in a process visualization where uh, one part of your legal uh, service operational efficiency would come when you put everything's there and you are seeing okay i got it maybe the step 11 is unnecessary and uh, step 14 and 16 can 15 can be combined together so that i'll not be any having any extra communication in step 17 i can put a tool in place so that all of all the people will be getting notification in time so that i can avoid step 18 and 19 and because the, that that's only place uh, where you you are go, you are going to improve your own process and that's where it going to bring your operational efficiency from a legal designing part when we we talk about lot of visualization i think um, that's a topic uh, not have been touched by many lawyers uh, till date but visualization plays a very important role for example a transaction document well you are drafting a transaction document maybe f 60 70 page shareholding uh, shareholders agreement <laughs> who then the world having time to you know go into 60 70 page to review the entire uh, thing or maybe if you are summarizing that thing in an excel sheet that's a good way of doing it but when you put um, maybe charts or uh, flows maybe a cap table can be represented like this was a was having 93.7 b uh, 3 per 2% and one, c was having 1% now d has been introduced to shareholder as a shareholder now the structure will be a will be having this percentage this b will be having this percentage of share c will be having this percentage. this is a better way to look into the data we we are creating or at least the gist of the transaction can be put in a very lucid way so that maybe you can put an annex to that and, and the entire agreement just just an annex to that um, uh, you know you know uh, you can mention that uh, the, the visualization is there in the annex a and see annex a someone who is uh, kind of you no know, looking forward to having some ready reference can refer that and understand the entire summary there and it's not a particularly difficult process in case yeah. you you are thinking about your service yeah. designing your service then one of the one of the it seems intuitive to me it seems like obvious to me but it's not 
I believe, obvious to lawyers to, to create a blueprint of the service before the service is, is being created or being offered to the client mm-hmm. and have a certain sense of end-to-end from intake, even before that in sales, what are the, what is the information that we need to provide to the client? So that's a knowledge management aspect that gives you more efficiency there. Right. And after that, it's basically a blueprint creation. And after that, maybe you review that every quarter. But then you don't, you're solving a problem permanently because you're solving repeated instances of that problem again. If you have a certain blueprint like that, it's not exactly. difficult and it's highly valuable. Yeah, of course. I mean, I absolutely agree with you on that. And definitely, you know, uh, that blueprint is not something, uh, something very rigid, but uh, <clears throat> it should be a bit flexible in terms of, you know, accommodating. Uh, multiple instances and um, if and, and also of course if you are aware of the number of instances you can you know make your blueprint uh, for each instance so uh, it's like for advisory this is the thing for uh, transaction for venture capital this is the process for private equity this is the process for secretarial this is the process so it's, it's just quite easier and uh, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier of how if if and when you're applying some logic in a tool that you're already using mm-hmm. you have a certain understanding of the process and then you encode that tool that's right. going to give you a lot more value yes definitely it is going to because now you know what you're going to achieve so what you are uh, targeting what's what's your goal out of the entire exercise now you can make the best possible uses of the tool and yeah. uh, definitely you know in a system where uh, you 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 have professionals uh, who can help you with because see uh, and this is a very um, you know interesting statement though because being a lawyer i always felt uh, we lawyers are blessed and uh, there is nothing in the world that we cannot learn if we, we are trained well no we can prescribe medicines also <laughs> so i mean i mean your um, your you know knowledge uh, or your um, hold in subject matter is matters a lot because let's say in any court cases lawyer who is advising in an astrology matter someone uh, instead in a case uh, against someone based on some astrological predictions or maybe uh, they, they prepare some sort of astrological books right so the, the lawyer is not a person who will be understanding <laughs> these things and uh, but we lawyers understand and try to understand things trying to understand the subject matter and to present in the court or at least when we are advising uh, in an advisory service we understand the subject matter we understand the business model and it's it's not too difficult for lawyers to you know learn a different thing or but definitely in a certain point of time lawyers would be interested they should be putting all their effort and we should have resources and you know helping hand to you know handhold them to uh, learn that part so this is visualization is definitely you know definitely going to be a new exercise for the lawyers but once you start doing it no uh, because when i started doing visualization uh, i was having a lot of issues in terms of you know uh, putting things in in a 
in one pace and uh, visualizing it because I, I was often confused with things and uh, i used to create a lot of unnecessary process steps uh, in 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 one process then while i started doing it i i, I took feedback from others and uh, i started seeing it differently and uh, now it is a bit easier for me a lot easier for me now i i can um, I, i can go ahead with uh, Uh, in a putting any process in sort of time uh, i i don't find it very difficult so definitely from that perspective a help or kind of you no know, little guidance required but once the person is acquainted or at least realize the benefit of visualization no one is going to stop that mm, okay okay so i'm going to start to bring to a close with like one last question i'm going to pick up from something you said and abstracted to a larger question mm-hmm. uh so when we were talking about visualization for example i noticed how you went to lawyers being able to learn it or i am wondering is there a need like why are we going towards lawyers in specific and shouldn't there be for example you're the person who knows when you're thinking about processes and that's your primary job that's your day job mm-hmm. then visualization or writing or other forms of communication are helping you think and then you just end up sharing it with the lawyers who you're helping so i'm i'm my my question basically is that when when a law firm is implementing these changes whether cultural changes whether technological changes whether uh, business goals or whether their competitive strategy how do we look at the organizational structure what what kind of roles what kind of hires do you think a law firm needs to bring in because it's one thing to try and change your lawyers and like i i don't know i'm wondering is that even necessary for example if you have a structure where people like you don't report to partners but there is a certain management committee mm-hmm. and with them you're only talking business you're not talking matters in specific so creation of a management committee and they have their own certain agenda and similarly when we were discussing project managers project managers would be the kind of people who can manage who can primarily work on the project management tool mm-hmm. and they can see how a matter is going on from time to time and when you're going to and your pricing would probably also change the way you're pricing to your clients you're not billing only for the lawyers you're saying this is the team composition we always have a project manager manager who's the head and there are these technical people so and so in a similar way a process manager like you mm-hmm. what what kind of changes do you think are necessary on an organizational level so uh, I'll, i'll again uh, answer this question in twofold uh one thing is visualization is definitely necessary and to your question why lawyers should be learning it uh, or lawyers should be doing it when uh, uh there could be some person who can dedicatedly help them on this because one <clears throat> particular thing is there that um, as a lawyer you would be understanding you would have the better understanding of your service delivery than anybody else or at least you would have the best understanding of the client and requirements you would have the best understanding of your team's requirement so so you are the person who has 
the most information about uh, the entire process nobody else if you are transferring that knowledge to someone who is a dedicated person to define that process that transfer is not easier um, it's not like uh, i don't believe you can transfer 100% of your uh, knowledge in that process to someone else maybe you can transfer something to that person that person can help you with designing the you know the basic uh, design and subsequent refinement would be done by you or your team so that's a better way of looking into it when you don't want to engage someone but here if the lawyer is doing the designing part at least understanding the things and i know a couple of lawyers who are very good at it and uh, i mean they, they they definitely do better than uh, the vendor demos so that much of kind of you no know, uh you know experience they have they can define that process so it's not like lawyers should not be doing it lawyers should be know, doing it lawyers should be knowing it and in case it is required someone there someone should be there to handhold them because this is this is not something uh you know not related to their service it is definitely something related to their service here they are bringing operational efficiency and uh, of course when you talk about um, legal design thinking that directly related to their uh, service deliveries right the client will be seeing a different kind of work product is coming from this firm so it's definitely a lawyer's uh, you know responsibility and job to understand if required a lot of training can be given handholding can be done but lawyers should be doing it as they understand it better than anybody else next coming to your question to the hiring thing i think um, uh, lawyers earlier i mean law firms earlier were having lawyers and a couple of you know operation staffs so who, the operation staffs definitely you know going to take take out a lot of operation staffs from the lawyers but with an introduction of you know uh and uh, we uh, in the beginning of the discussion we discuss about the client demands so we discuss about why we need to change why we need to adopt uh things and why we should be doing things differently than before i think there are a couple of um, areas that we should be looking into like uh, for example the process specialists or process expertise people and uh, definitely there would be uh, a legal tech and uh, innovation uh focused teams would be there would be you know uh understanding the lawyers pain points and uh, maybe uh bringing technology or thinking about technology because you cannot burden the lawyers with everything but uh, honestly they definitely want some change and that change is not you know overnight it is slow process but we need to facilitate with different other resources uh, and of course the project management thing is also not very popular within between the lawyers and you you have to have someone who who is acquainted with project management who can bring value to the organization by introducing the benefits of project management to the lawyers and lawyers who understand okay if i do it in a planned manner if i do this in a, in this particular way i will be avoiding 
this much of hour going into follow-ups or maybe I should be at, a, at the end of the day, I should not be asking people to you know, provide status. I can rather just look into this place uh, or maybe the way I discuss planner, the partner can just go ahead with uh, looking into planner. I can see what task is pending and easily can provide a very good, uh, well, you know, uh, updated uh, status report to the client. So it is much easier when you uh, you you have multiple people in organization can uh, you know bring different values let's say for an example uh, lawyer definitely from the legal side lawyers are pretty strong but <clears throat> in a lot of uh, cases you you require some sort of business understanding and if you have one business person to help you with understanding some business kind of an analysis on analytics it is much easier for lawyers to understand that and uh, definitely you know i think uh, it's it's high time that law, law firms should uh, you know have uh, multifaceted teams uh, to deliver their service not just the lawyers or uh, secretarial people or tax people Splendid. Thank you, Man Thrupti. This is so much. This is, I think, the longest uh, video <laughs> that I've done so far. And I, I must say, I think I'm very impressed. I have been impressed the entire time, but every single time I speak to you, there are layers of lot more depth that I end up uncovering. Uh, so I think you're doing valuable work. And I think more law firms should look at finding, spotting people like you and putting them in the right places because you end up enabling so many of the other people yeah thank uh, you so much namit and and of course you know i, I really enjoy uh, you know to be very honest i really enjoy discussing with you and uh, for sure like uh, apart from our friendship uh, most of our discussions are around uh, how the legal service or at least the law firm industry should function differently and um, you know a lot of learning also uh, came from you and um, i of course enjoy you know getting insights uh, some valuable insights from you thank you man thank you and uh, please uh, like keep sending me your contributions i think what i'm going to do is uh, you write on indian legal tech every month or so i'm just going to uh, i think on the website i'll just organize that as a column so that all the posts that are that you have uh, written there they yeah. start appearing in a single place but mm -hmm. uh, thanks, man. Thanks so much. Thank Bye. you so much, Samir. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye.